Welcome back, everyone. We are super excited to be back with you. Uh, season two, we took a little bit longer to get this back rolling than we thought, uh, but as the world opened up, I decided to have some fun with my life, my recovery, my sobriety, as I was definitely taking myself way, way, way too seriously. Uh, I'm Adam, I'm an alcoholic, joined by... Hey, I'm Pat, I'm an alcoholic. And yeah, I agree with that. We needed a long break. I think we both had a lot of shit going on that we didn't realize was going on. Um, yeah. And yes, I can agree with taking yourself too seriously. Everything after that really long, crazy winter and the pandemic rolling on, and I don't want to downplay it because it still is rolling on and it's significantly still affecting people's lives. Nobody um, wants to hear about that. And no one wants to hear about that, but it, it just... It seemed like winter just went on for forever uh, for me and Pat, uh, you know, just brought up a really good point and what we we're going to talk about today. And I also faced it, too, is, you know, after that first year of sobriety, you you want to hit that milestone. So you hit the milestone and it's great. And I'm not trying to downplay that accomplishment because I never in my you know wildest dreams thought I would ever hold uh, a one year coin let alone have a sponsor hand me a one-year coin. Uh, but after that day, it was I was still – it was like I, I climbed the mountaintop and then immediately looked at another one. Um, and it, 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 it was different. It, it was completely different in a lot of different ways. And NA is great, and I love AA, and AA saved my life, and the 12 steps saved my life. Um, but I realized that I still had a shit ton of work to still do on myself. There were certain areas of my life that were still drastically affecting me in a negative way. And those who were around me, I was quite simply taking myself too seriously. Um, and, you know, when things tend to get tough, what do I do? Well, I dive myself into work. I try to get a promotion. I try to get, you know, better financial things when I'm, I, I for a long period of, you know, after that, like between March and May, I, I did. I felt spiritually bankrupt. For a portion of it too and, and pat what has been going on that it's been so long since i've seen that contemplated look <laughs> it brings me back so many great memories um and you know we did we went at this podcast hard yeah for sure man um dude just a lot's been going on it's first of all i can't believe it's it's already july uh the the year that is 2021 is flying by but yeah, I mean, I agree with you 100% that we hit that, that one-year milestone, and then, like, I, I think I spent so much time looking forward to it, like, I got to it, and then I was like, now what? Um, so, yeah, dude, there's just there's been a lot going on. The same old shit, I mean, uh, doing school, working, managing at the house, um, going to meetings, trying to find fun new things to do, like you had mentioned, you know, like... Uh, the world has opened up a lot more and, and trying to find these new hobbies. And, and honestly, I almost feel like we could dive back into like part two of filling the void. Like that's what I've been doing. And this, you, you mentioned the spiritual bankruptcy. I mean, I described it to my friend, Mike, as I was in a funk and I said, Mike, have you ever been in a funk? And then you think you come out of the funk, but really you're just in a deeper funk. 
That's interesting. And that's that's really where I found myself, and I'm still in it. I just don't know what depth I'm at right now because I thought I came out of it about a month and a half ago. Um, and then I basically had a, a, a way of thinking relapse a few weeks ago mm. to where I did everything wrong um, and then led up to a point of me reaching for the instant gratification, the instant fix, but it wasn't with the substance. Um, it was basically just a lot of uh, the built up frustrations of uh, a lot going on at work, a lot going on at the house, me not going to enough meetings, thinking that I was okay, trying to play the tough guy, not talking to people about it. And then I did exactly what this disease wants to do, right? It, I, I isolated myself. I didn't talk to my sponsor about it. I didn't call anybody else about it. I didn't bring it up at a meeting. I didn't talk to my roommate about it. I didn't talk to anybody at the house about it. So basically, you went inside your head. Yeah. One place where there's started, zero adult supervision. Co- correct. And then started building bullshit, um, you know, resentments. And, and before I know it, I call off work the next day. Oh, no. I go to do homework for a class that I don't even want to be in. I take a quiz. This is the most alcoholic part about it, really. I take the quiz I need to take, and then I immediately go and drop the class, thus ending my relapse of thought. So, no, it was not a substance, but it was fucked up thinking that got me there. I isolated myself. I didn't think anyone would understand. I didn't put the work in to try to figure out how to put it into words to convey to somebody what was going on in my head. In my class, the thing that ultimately paid the price of dropping it and not being able to take it back and undrop it, which also I dropped it too late, so I still have to pay for it. So now I'm paying for a class I don't even get credit for. So, haha, I showed myself. Yeah. But basically, I went for the instant gratification. What can I rid my life of right now to feel some sort of relief? Well, to feel control. Yeah, to feel control over it. I want to feel... I I needed that instant gratification. So, poof, cut it. Five seconds afterwards, I went to myself, self. That was stupid. Yeah. And then immediately called my sponsor, immediately called somebody else, immediately reached out to somebody else and talked it through. And I understand where I went, how I got there now. But, I mean, that's fucked up. It was was really an eye-opener. It was scary shit, man, because it could have been. It could have been a liquor store parking lot. It could have been, you know? and I think that's what a lot of my sobriety entails now. And I remember sitting in my yellow chair. For those of you that can't see, I have a yellow chair in my apartment. It's very it's, yellow. It's very yellow. Um, and recording uh, imperfectly perfect life, meaning that my, my life was imperfectly perfect. And that this, this, this idea that I had that I had to have everything in order, that everything was going to go my way eventually. And when I finally, like, after I did the podcast, um, you know, and I talked about the spiritual bankruptcy part of it, I finally dawned on me where I'm like, why am I trying to control everything around me? Because I don't feel in control inside. Well, do I need to be in control? Well, no, I don't. I'm not in control. There's someone else. My, my higher power, my God is in control. Why, why am I having a hard time accepting the outcome? So it's really kind of boiled down to that, but I feel like a lot of my life teeters on that where it's, hey, and the beauty of the program is you're recognized. Yeah, it could have been like a store parking lot. It very well could have been that, but it didn't. The program works if you choose to use the steps in it. So once you finally did reach out, make that phone call, talk to another person, this, that, and the other, 
you know, you're, you, you get there. You can't, you can't think your way into right living, but you can live your way into right thinking. And it's, you know, like to take one back from Joel, it's, Hey, I have to call these people first thing in the morning. Otherwise I'm, otherwise I'm not going to. And you know, that rings true for me too. I have to do, I turn into this also, like I have to do my meetings in the morning too, because otherwise I'm, I got stuck in that Zoom trap, man. I was doing every meeting. I was like, oh, Zoom. I'm going on Zoom. That was our Zoom last Our last uh, podcast was yeah. about that. And uh, you know, Raise your hand if you saw it coming. <laughs> so I, I, I did. I finally was like, all right, I got to cap Zoom. Like, I can't do Zoom. I'm not even a good balance guy. Like, there is no balance. It's like, well, I'll do three in-person meetings and two Zoom meetings this week. It's like, no. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to do one in-person meeting say i'm going to do a zoom meeting and never do it and then all of a sudden i'm like well zoom tomorrow zoom in an hour and before you know it i'm playing call of duty and it's three in the morning and i'm you know ordering pizza and i'm trying to order like workout equipment and diet something it's because the self-pity just perpetuates uh it's a slippery slope man yeah it's it's, it's insane so it's it's literally been a lot of for me breaking it back down to simply just doing the next right thing in front of you. When all else fails, just do the next right thing in front of you. And I don't want to make it sound where it's like I've had a horrible, uh, you know, I've had this awful bunch of months and it it wasn't like that. Um, I, for a long time with my children, always talked about renting a a cabin type thing on a beach and we, we, Every year, I was like, "Oh, we should do this. We should do this. We should do that." What's a cabin type thing? It, it's like a beach house, like renting like one of the. So you wanted to rent more like a beach house? Yeah, like a beach house. Okay. You know, I guess beach house would be the problem. On stilts. The kind on stilts. It wasn't on stilts. Oh. Okay. So we we ended up renting a beach house in Michigan City, Indiana. It nice. Was a community of beach houses that had a pool, walking distance to the beach. So it's close by. We vacationed there last year. Cool. And we saw all these. Beach house, like, yeah, we should stay there. And I'm like, yeah, maybe next year. Maybe. And I kept saying that over and over again. And it dawned on me where it's like, hey, look, I don't do this. There's not going to be a next year. You know, my kids are are significantly older. So I I did take them on a trip on a vacation, which is something I never would have accomplished sober. There was a point in time there where I was, you know, I I was doing like two paintings a week. You know, I was doing a lot of artwork, a lot of different reading, um, not just AA reading, but a lot of different, finished a lot of books. And it was just, it's different going into regular person meetings all the time now. It, it was, we're even just going out in the world now that everything in Illinois, and we don't know what year a state typically looks like. I'm certainly not trying to rub it in because I know that not every state is fully open. Uh, but here, you know, in Illinois, we are. And it's, it's wild. It was so wild walking in to sitting down. And I went to a movie last week. I saw Black Widow with my kids. That was a wild experience. I haven't done in, you know, almost two years. Yeah, uh, I did that once. Yeah. Not with your kids. No, no, I know. So it's, it's been a lot of hanging out with them. You know, that they're on summer break. Um, spending a lot of time with them and, and, you know, growing that bond now and, still trying to, to live up and, and do that amends, you know, be consistent, be present, be be available, um, but also allow their healing to take place. And 
it just got to the point where I was like, you know what? I got sober to have fun, so let's just let's have some fun with it. But yeah, I was. I know what you're talking about. That that mid year, that that mid two year slump, and maybe that's. I, I always wonder. I was like, maybe that's when I came out on a pink cloud. Because you know you hear that all the time. This pink cloud, and I certainly didn't have the pink cloud in the beginning. Because nothing was great. You know, I walked out of rehab with a trash bag. You know. Yeah. Homeless. I, I, I get what you're saying, like, but yeah, I know I agree with you too. Like, life gets busy, and it, it did get busy, man. Like, uh, we saw each other what maybe twice since the last podcast for fleeting moments because both yeah. times you were at the house, I was ready to just go jump off a bridge for the most part, or I was napping because I was that was in my like, this dude's obviously depressed <laughs> funk. This last one I've been in has been much more of just a mental gymnastics thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I agree with you um, with the pink cloud part because, like, yeah, I wouldn't say like I had this pink cloud where everything was great, but like I definitely felt better. I felt like I'm where I'm at and I'm okay. You, you know, I had that. Back. Yeah, you get a little bit of financial security. Yeah, and I had the security of being the like step promises are there and they're they're yeah. coming true, and all of a sudden you're like everything's going great. Yeah. How do I burn this motherfucker now? Basically, yeah. I mean. And, and I've been trying to, you know, continue catching myself on the normal things that I know exist already, but all these new things keep popping up because I'm an alcoholic, so I get overconfident, and I have to remember once again that not only did I drink for 17 years and I've only been sober for 17 months, I also had all the behaviors and actions prior to ever drinking for yeah. 17 years earlier in my life. So I'm not going to overcome all of that this quickly. Um, but I like to think that I can because I'm a cocky bastard. So, but I agree with you that the, the, the analysis of like the pink cloud is actually over because it's like a lot of these insecurities I thought like I didn't have to worry about that didn't seem to be around for the first year are back with a vengeance. Totally. Second guessing things, feeling like people are judging me when I walk in a room. Mm -hmm. I know they're not. Um, I mean, they might be. They might be, but I think a lot of I think. But a lot you know of people, the kind of judging I'm thinking. Oh, of. totally. I think a lot of people being reintroduced into a, into I don't want to say post COVID, but reintroduced to in, in a a vaccinated world because you know in the vaccinated world we were able to go into phase five. What I'm trying to say is they're they're reintroduced into a reopening world, and for the majority of everyone in this planet, we. You know, it was, we went grocery shopping, we went shopping, but we didn't go in public places. We didn't socialize in a large scale. So walking back into a regular AA meeting, and I've been to in-person meetings, but going into a club, you would have thought that it was like going to like my like first week. I texted my girlfriend like, okay, I'm here, I'm doing this. She's like, I'm so proud of you. And I'm like, what am I doing? I've been sober for 20 months. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I, what am I doing? Why am I afraid? And, you know, I, I love the Displains Alano Club because it really did get me comfortable with sharing because they do round round. And I know I'm going to have to share. And I know that it's okay to share what's going on in your life. And it really did get me in tune to where I go to every meeting and say, like, okay, well, I'm going to share. Why? Because that's what we do. So it got me very comfortable. Now, I don't ever look down on someone that's, you know, wants to just process 
anything going on in their in their head or their mind or their life and be like, you know, I'm just gonna pass for the day. For me, it, that's definitely not my style. Oh, I'm gonna judge the person no matter what. So, okay, you know what I do judge is that person. It's like, all right, any burning desires? Well, well, it's not really a burning desire, and then 20 minutes later, you're out of it. I'm just kidding. I don't judge those people. <laughs> not openly, anyways. You know, um, <clears throat> but what I was saying is, uh, I love that about it because it got me open. It got me comfortable sharing, and I didn't do that in early sobriety at all. You know, the first. 90 days of my sobriety went to treatment center. They were taking us to meetings, and I was that guy. I'm like, you know, I'm going to pass. And I was like, are you sure? Because your face says that you shouldn't. Like, no, I'm just going to listen today. Well, you can only, like, do so much listening. Eventually, like, you know, afterwards, I, I moved into Normandy House and spent all my time in that Alamo Club, and they're just like, no, nope, we share, and if it lands on you, you're going to give a lead. So I got really comfortable really quick. Uh, doing those shares, but yeah, it's. I think a lot of people walk into social settings, not just alcoholics, and have that. In that social anxiety is come back, and it's just like anything else. You just learn different processes and techniques, and find one that works for you, and hold on to it till it doesn't. And when it doesn't, you find something new. Yeah, absolutely, and that, I mean that's that's the point of the exercise, right? Is to like you said earlier, too, you, you you continue to work the program and you continue to accept responsibility when you do try to burn it down, even if you're not doing it intentionally or you don't think you are. Once you become aware of it, you have a choice. Do you work on it to fix it or do you just continue going down that road? Um, and that's, that's the point of all of this, I think. And, you know, a, a guy at the house, Ben, puts it very well. I was discussing this with him like a month and a half ago, like, Dude, I think my second year of sobriety right now is kicking my ass more than my first year. And he was like, yeah, he's like, because he's probably almost three years sober now. And he's like, I, I agree with that. And and he had, a, he had an interesting point, though, which is very Ben of him, and I appreciate it. But it was your first year, you're also, you're new, everything's new, and you're working the steps. So you kind of have, like, these measurement points. Yeah. To be like, oh, I'm on my third step. I'm going to go do my fourth step. Mm-hmm. I did my fourth step. I'm doing my fifth step. And then you get through the 12 and you get like your year coin. And now you're not going, you're still talking your sponsor. You're still doing yeah. program work, but you're not doing it in such a rigorous way. You're not doing it in such like a regimented way. So you've dropped off those like milestone markers. And now you're also not going to meetings and getting coins every month. Totally. So you're not getting those attaboys or girls. Mm-hmm. On a monthly basis, now you're waiting six months to get your 18 month coin, and you're waiting six you, months to get your, your club even hands like correct, that. yeah. And then you're what waiting I mean, like, to get to your two years, and then so some that. of these little like prizes you get, these little things that maybe you don't even realize you're looking forward to as much as you do are gone as well. So, I think it to me it started turning into a much more Pat versus the world game. Yeah. Which it, it's not. It still isn't. It's not any more Pat versus the world today than it was a year ago. No. But there is just this dynamic change, and it's because, like I said a little bit ago, I'm an arrogant asshole alcoholic that thinks I can be better in 17 months, and yeah. I can't be. And the one check and measurement we still actively have every night is the 10 step inventory process, because the only person we should ever be in competition with is ourselves. 
And that competition is to, am I going to be a better version of myself tomorrow? And I'll never say I want to be the best version of myself because that means that I, I have a cap. So, you know, when we take that inventory process and I'm way guilty of it, where it's like, okay, all right, end of the night, uh, let's see, was it selfish? No, was it self-centered? No, uh, was I you know, trying to impact the world or was it thinking of myself that it's like, eh, kind of, all right, cool. I think I'm good when it's really not designed to be like that. And yeah, I was doing my 11th step inventory via email with the guy from the, the one of the meetings I go to, and I was really into it for the first couple months. Yeah, I saw a couple. couple yeah, I sent you a couple, and I was like hitting them really hard, and I was like, this is great. I'm calling myself on my own bullshit, and then when the bullshit started getting too real, I just stopped doing them. Yeah. And then the guy, I saw him a few weeks back, and he's been slacking too because he would continue sending them, and then he'd slack off, and I'd continue sending them. And then we both kind of stopped sending them. But then we were laughing at each other because we were reading through them. We would read each other and give each other's feedback and stuff if we felt it was necessary. And you'd see it day after day after day from both of us. And it would be like corrective actions, pray, meditate, go to meetings, do the deed, do the thing, work the program. But then the next day it would be like, what could I have done better? Prayed, meditated, gone to a meeting. It was just kept saying it, but never doing it, but wanting the results. Yeah, and a lot of that, you know, is simply just, and everyone takes the term, well, you know, just get into service, just get into service. Well, it, it can be more simple than that, in my opinion. It could be, hey, you know what, I am going to actively hold the door open. I am going to be overly nice to the gas station clerk. I'm going to try to impact you know, it, it, when I'm having those really selfish days that I'm like, all right, I'm going to highly impact everybody that meets me today is going to have just a better energy from me to go on to spread to someone else. Because I know I've drawn a lot of energy out the last couple of days. And it's, I mean, service work, getting active in, in a program, you know, I'm not knocking it in that, you know, there's probably a lot of old timers right now shaking their heads. It's like, well, get in there and make the coffee. No, that's correct. Like, dude, yeah, get in there, make the coffee. Oh, yeah, get out of self. Get, get into, into a action. Meeting, Fifteen minutes, make the coffee. Say hi to everybody that walks in. Make yourself known in a meeting so that way, when you don't show up, someone questions it. Those are all really great things. Um, but I, you know, I do think though, and you know, as a sponsor, the best thing that I can do for my sponsee is every once in a while, randomly, be like, "Hey, what are your mornings looking like nowadays? What are you doing?" You know, are you, are you making your bed? How, like, because it's not, it's behaviors. It's learned behaviors. We can't really change our thinking. What we can change, though, is our behaviors. So if in every day, you know, you're taking a nap at 2 o'clock, and that's the behavior you want to say, well, at 2 o'clock, from now on, I journal. Do it for a week. You know, and it's, it's just to pop in with that question, hey, what does your morning look like? what behavior you know and my my sponsor does it to me still to this day and i'm glad because it's it is it's changed behaviors over time and it takes a long time and it takes that constant reminder where i know it sounds really probably insane to anybody who's not in the 12-step program where it's like yeah every day wake up make your bed that's important to me and there's been times in the last couple weeks where i'm like yeah, I don't need to make this bed. I'm like, no, you do need to make this bed because the moment you stop making that bed is the moment you stop because I don't 
I'll be honest. I don't wake up and I don't hit my knees. Right. I wake up and I say, and I say a quick prayer. But then after I make my bed, I go into prayer and meditation. Because I know the minute I don't make my bed is the moment that I don't decide where it's like, yeah, you know what? I'll pray and meditate in a couple hours. Well, yeah, it's, you stop one normal. thing and it just starts spreading. <clears throat> it might be the bed for a week and then it's the bed plus the praying and the meditating. Yeah. And it just keeps going and then you don't know where it's going to end. And that's, I mean, we've talked about all that before. And it's just funny because, like, talking about it before i was so confident it was just so such an easy thing to do but it's not it's really not. it's 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 silly little things like that that really do set the tone for your day and can set the tone for the whole week or the whole month ahead um it's doing little things like getting my ass back over here to do the podcast much much easier at 8 30 at night to say oh you had to work today i had to work today let's just do it tomorrow but we've been doing that for like two months now um totally um which is the truth of the matter. I mean, it really, it, it's just, but we're alcoholics and addicts, so we, we're going to do shit like that. We said it best yesterday. like, if we don't do this, we're probably never going to. Like, we're at that point where it's became a side thought. And we went into it. And, you know, you shared an interesting fact. It's like, hey, most podcasts don't make it back for a second season. And I totally understand why. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and you burn yourself out on it because you're all excited about it. Yeah. And it seems like so much fun. And then all of a sudden you're like going crazy over it because we're alcoholics and addicts. And we're then you get burnt out on it. Yeah. Even before this, I was like, well, what topic are we going to do? What do I say? I feel like I don't remember anything about it's like. Oh, good. You did that too. Yeah, totally. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't. It's like, do I pick a time? It's like, just roll with it. Like we always do. And it always. When it comes to recovery, I can always get energetic about it. Yeah, and that's what I want to do for this next season, really, is, like, keep it more, like, light and airy where it's, let's just talk about life and random shit we've been coming across Mm. and and bring some other people in to talk about life. And, and, you know, it doesn't have to be such a regimented thing. We can laugh. We can make fun of each other. We can can laugh at how I can look at myself and say, yeah, I relapsed on thought because I, the way... Not just because it was a class I dropped, but the whole system, the whole way, thing that led up to me doing that and the reason that I did it for. I didn't do it for a productive reason. Oh, you my, know? my biggest my biggest thing in what I do is I don't – is my diet. You know, I can never find a, a consistent happy medium with it. You know, you've seen my diet extreme before where it's like one week I got three cases of Mountain Dew and then the next week I'm like – all plant-based. It just never, I can never find that balance. <clears throat> so usually the first indicator of like how my life is going is how much am I door dashing? If I'm door dashing a lot, it's a good indicator of what the fuck is really going on with me because I'm not in any position. Yeah, you're not putting any effort towards anything. No. And then if I'm at like a certain point where it's like, I've got a strong craving for pizza, it's like, okay, well, I have no balance. It's I, I have to give into the cravings a little bit, but I still haven't found that balance yet. You know, I still, like, I was doing great for a long time, and I had it where it's like, all right, on two days of the week, you know, I'm going to reward myself. You know, and it's just, you know. And, I mean, people who've never seen me before probably think I'm, like, 300 pounds the way I talk about food. Nope, and, I'm 300 pounds. Um. But, it, I mean, it really is a good indicator of it's like, okay, yeah. what's going on in my life that, I, that I'm it's ordering the, it's, it's, it's Yes, it's the little simple thing that you're 
I'm just too busy for it. I'm the same way with cooking, shaving, ridiculous shit. I just, I don't have time to do that. Well, yeah, I do. It takes 20 minutes to cook dinner. Yeah. And maybe 10 minutes to clean up. And I have a half hour in a row at some point in my day to do that. I but I can find an excuse for months on end of not doing that. Oh, totally. I jumped on board of the meal prepping thing. Not as, like, crazy as, like, I want to make 20 things of chicken. You know, I would just, like, make, like. So you made 19? No, no. I would just, like, cook a bunch of chicken off. Mm-hmm. And then I would, like, make a large amount of salad and, and you know, have salad. And whatever else, and that seemed to work pretty well. But yeah, I've definitely learned over the last couple months, and as you can tell, with with obviously with our, our very few Instagram posts, is that I put a lot more humor in my recovery now. Um, where we used to post a motivational quote every day, or try to. Don't drag me into this. I would. I, <laughs> I it was me, all me. I would post it, and, and I just sort of gotten away from that because there's so many good ones out there. So if you come across a post that offends you in any way, well, you probably never listen to our podcast because we've definitely said way more offensive shit. Um, we're in recovery. Laugh about it at this point. Like, what else can we do? Uh, you know, anyone who's who actually has listened to our podcast and heard my story or Pat's story or, or you know, listen to Joel or, or any of the topics we say, it's some depressing shit. It is, but I don't want to live there anymore. I can look back on my past now and laugh at it in a certain way. I don't forget that pain. Um, I'll never forget what that last day of, you know, drinking and using felt like. I relive that a lot sometimes when I want to, when I'm starting to think. Summertime's hard, too, man. I know I'm going off topic, but summertime, summertime gives me that. How are you going off topic? Maybe I'm not. Summertime gives me, man. Some sometimes, dude. Summertime gives me. I never thought that I would still be experiencing cravings at a certain point, and they're not cravings of like I want to use because I I want to like black out. It's just like I feel fucking uncomfortable. Like this is dead. like I went to the Fourth of July fireworks in in the next time over my prospect, and it was huge. And I wasn't prepared because I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't do the proper. Hey, this is what we're going into. Say a quick prayer, whatever. We get in there, and it's you know bands are playing, and the whole place reeks like a bar the next morning. You know that still beer smell, <clears throat> and I'm just like, oh god, I feel so awkward. Like, and I look over, and I'm like, why am I getting like? I don't want to do that. I know I don't want to do that, and it's you know we. I think for me, the summertime is probably a, a harder time, you know, to. To, to gravitate that, but yeah, so I, I always go back to that last day and it's funny. And I remember where I, you know, it's like, oh, God, what a mess. Yeah. What a I, mess that was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to put it lightly. Um, no, for sure, dude. Like, I, th- I think I, I can agree with you. I can relate. Like, I do have, like, these weird non-craving cravings out of nowhere where I wouldn't have, wouldn't have expected them. Um, cause there was a, you know, in the last 17 months, I really have steered clear of certain things knowing that like, Oh, this is going to be tough. But like I went to a movie and had like this big whole scenario in my head 
about being at the movies and like ordering a bucket of beer. And like it was weird. But there is this difference in the in the, in the past that would have really like weighed on me. Mm-hmm. But like now it's just like, well, yeah, no shit, you're an alcoholic, you know. Yeah. And yeah. like I, I get what you're saying about being like unprepared. Um, there's yeah, there's just random shit like. Yeah, I wasn't with. I mean, we honestly thought the fireworks started at eight, so we got there at seven thirty, only to find out that it starts at nine thirty. So we have to sit through this like. Horrible, jeez, uh, I don't want to, not my style of music, okay, let, let me rephrase Horrible. That. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't, we had to sit through this band playing, and then there's like, you know, it, it's just, I don't know, I have memories attached to that shit. Yeah, and it's I a weird thing to do sober when you're not ready to do it to sober. Do so, and I, did, and I, and I underplayed it, which could have ended up really badly. But, you know, like, randomly, like, you know, you're driving by and you smell the barbecue and all of a sudden you look over and they're all having a great time. And you're like, yeah, it must be fucking nice. And I'm like, where is that coming from? It's like, I'm not jealous of that. But maybe I am subconsciously because I just said that. So, I mean, yeah, it's summertime. There's just a lot more prevalence based upon the drinking culture. It's a little bit more in your face. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to fully... Not like you go to the beach. There's you know, you turn there's there's dude with a cooler next to you, and you're like, okay, here we go. Yeah, you know. Well, no, I I agree. I mean, there's a lot more activities in the summer that make drinking the the social acceptability of it is much more in the open. Um, and obviously now with the way weed is like, that's fucking more and more prevalent and stands out more and more to me now. And I haven't been a regular user of that in a very long time but like there are times i think i've had more cravings for that than drinking that's interesting i i guess i think it's that's just my brain trying to trick me being like that's you totally, could do that because i've already smashed that idea <clears throat> through trial and error it's like you know let's just smoke marijuana you'll be fine and then it's like no one's gonna know if you're drinking on this you're high and i said it's like you know what you don't make this really better. Some pills. <laughs> it's never. It's never. No, going, it's never enough. It's never. It's yeah. It's like at this point where it's like that would never be worth it. But yeah, in, in my eyes, and I, I don't want to sound. It's just not worth the relapse. It's not what I want. Let's just leave it at that. Well, absolutely. No, no, and I, I, I that's a, it's just funny. I, I like the way I think it's funny being on this side of the fence for once in my life and be able to see these tricks that my brain does throw at me, but then accept them and not beat myself up over them. Um, any other time in past attempts at getting sober, the second I'd have that thought of anything, I, I shouldn't be thinking this way. I should Well, yes, I'm going to think that way. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an addict. I'm, mm-hmm. in, I'm an alcoholic. I say I'm an alcoholic because I was lucky enough to never go down the yeah. other road. If I had gone down that road, <sighs> I'm pretty sure I would have been a very good addict. <laughs> I think most. I mean, to me, it's the the two are interchangeable. They are. It's like if I go to an AA meeting, I ask myself an alcoholic. If I go to an NA meeting, I ask myself as an addict. You know, I'm not going to debate the term, and we can debate that term all you want. You know, it's and I know there's a lot of people that that don't like the term alcoholic. And truthfully, it's not even used in a medical way anymore. It's like okay, you either 
they, they're really rare to use the term alcoholism. Now everything is on a number spectrum of alcohol use disorder, or AUD, which is, like, okay, so you're high on the order of alcohol use disorder. Okay, I embrace the term alcoholic because I'm in a 12-step program. Once I finally accepted that I was an alcoholic and that it was never going to turn out, you know, any other way for me, that I cannot think, manage, or manipulate this disease, was when I was able to surrender to it. So to me, you know, I'm going to stick with what works for me. And anyone who is like, well, that's not me. I'm not an alcoholic. I, I have a problem with alcohol use. That's great. Stick with what works for you. You know, recovery is never a one-size-fits-all. There's no point in making such a big stink about one little thing. In, in, um, yeah, in my it's opinion, not. no. There's bigger bigger problems at at issue. At, at, you know what I'm yeah. trying to say. Well, what, what is never, what is always reigning true over 20 months is that it's the basics. The basics of the program. They never, they never fail me. It's like, okay, well... <clears throat> You know, you're you're having this uncomfortable craving. What do you want? You, you surf the urge. If it doesn't go away, call someone. It will go away. Go to a meeting. You know, what's your spiritual condition? <clears throat> that you know, are you are? Am I in conscious contact with God, or am I in constant collision with my fellows? What's my prayer life? What's my spiritual life? When was the last time I actually cracked open that book? What book? The big book. Never heard of it. Yeah, and that's where all the secrets are. Oh, they hide, that's where we hide them from the newcomers. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of times it really is like when I'm in that funk, it's like, okay, when was the last time I cracked open that book to, to get myself back in that, you know, recovery exercise. So to me, it's like, I, I stick with it. It works for me. Don't deviate from the basics of yeah. it, which I don't think I could say that at 15 months or 14 months. I think I was in certain ways, I was trying to, to find my own way in it where it's like, okay, well, what is my identity in my recovery? Like, oh yeah, I was trying like, to make it Pat's Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, and it's like, well, what am I even trying? Or to like, do? I've been to this meeting and I've done that and I've done this and I've done that and like I got to do this and I deserved it. a lot of I deserve was going on in my brain. That's a scary. That's it a is scary notion. Um, but I mean, I and, and then like I said in that that inventory I was doing over and over and over, I was saying go back to the basics. I was I was writing it down on like a mm-hmm. daily basis in this steaming pile of shit that I was making my life into all of my thinking and it really was like okay start being selfish in a good way go to meetings get to your own meeting if you can't like a lot of people from the house have been going to meetings that I used to be the only one at with Joel and that kind of threw a wrench in everything because it was all of a sudden like I got the house meeting that I all these people are at my meeting, and then all these people are at this other meeting I always go to. So, and so instead of what, adapting and dealing with it or finding a different meeting to go to, I just stopped going. I'll show yeah. them. Yeah. Or and totally tried to justify it, but now I found this meeting I mean, I on Tuesday that I go to directly after work. Like I get in my car, drive yeah. over there, have a half hour quiet time, then go into the meeting perfect thing on a Tuesday afternoon yeah. and it's a traditions meeting and a year ago I was like traditions meetings are stupid blah 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 because I'm Pat and I know everything uh, but it's like one of my favorite meetings right now because it's a totally different subject matter that I've never delved into it's with a group of people 
that I don't really know that I'm getting to know through the rooms, which is just awesome to meet people this new way. Um, and it's just, it's like the highlight of my week right now. Okay. That's good. It's all very good stuff. And I'm sure there's someone out there singing this too. It's like, yeah, we do, we, we definitely want to, you know, spread that message out to their other people. But if you are, I mean, like to me, I, I do always, and I'm fortunate because you've known me for now for, for a while. And when have I ever had a consistent work schedule for more than three to four months? Never. No. So I'm always going to different meetings and, and getting seeing different people. And, and I think you, you do need that. So recovery doesn't become stale. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need that one thing. And yeah, I had a meeting like that. It was an alumni meeting through the treatment center that I'm not going to say the name of for legal reasons, uh, but they have a very large alumni, a national alumni meeting. This meeting is on Zoom, but it was on Thursday. And every Thursday for that three months, you know, I got worked from 5 a.m. to 3 o'clock, drive home quiet time, immediately jump on that meeting. And it was great because I, I, it was, it's, you know, who's fresh and going on those meetings? People who just come out of treatment. You know, it's, it's a totally different spectrum of what the meetings I was going to, uh, which is people with a lot of good clean time and whatnot. But sometimes I, I like going to meetings where it's just a lot of newcomers. Uh, it, it's, but it's always about finding that, just that constant, constant balance. Yeah, we got a lot of uh, really fun people lined up to, to come on uh, onto the podcast already. Um, you know, two of them are also managers at Sober Living House, one of them being my sponsor. Um, I got a couple other, I got another guest lined up who's going to come on and talk about um, co- co-occurring disorder, dealing with mental health and addiction, uh, as that individual uh, is an alcoholic and also has bipolar. Uh, so we just have a lot of fun, you know. We don't really, we have a lot of fun people coming on, uh, but most importantly, I think for us is, we don't have any topics planned, which is great. It's great for us to get to hear us ramble. And as you remember, um, I think I'm very funny. And that's where I think I'm, I'm ultimately much more funny. He's the funniest guy he knows. Yeah. So, anyway, we're back. Yeah, we're, we're back. and uh, We're going to get some guests. We're going to bullshit. We're going to have some fun. So in conclusion of tonight's episode, we hope that you guys had just as much fun listening to this as we actually get putting together and putting out for all of you guys. If you like what you heard and you like this message, feel free to pass this along to anyone that you think may benefit from it. To stay up to date on the newest episodes, uh, latest happening and current events at the 11th hour, go on to Facebook and follow us, The 11th Hour, or check us out at Instagram at The 11th Hour Addiction Recovery. And until next time, keep spreading the message. Keep spreading hope, keep spreading love.